Hello, it's Rebecca from Tea, Toast, and Trivia with Francis and Sarah. The trio are together yet again having tea. One coffee. Oh, no, no, it's, it's chamomile tea today. Oh, chamomile tea. So we are going to talk about what they call a safety net. And I thought that we would give a definition, if I can get it right here. A safety net is a safeguard against possible hardship or adversity. And the reason this came up in a discussion last week, and Sarah, you had such impactful things to say, (laughs) and I do hope you remember those impactful things. I know it's pretty slim pickings today. (laughs) Mom brought it up that, you know, in the 30s, they didn't have safety nets as such. Oh, yes, I remember this conversation. It was a good conversation. Yes. Oh, yes, I had some real thoughts to say about that. <laughs> and during that time, they didn't have unemployment insurance, and they didn't have uh, health care like we have today. It's, it's really been a transformation over a period of decades. So you said very wisely, Sarah, that mom may not have had the social safety nets, but they did have safety nets. And mom, what did you think about that? We worked together as a community, and we helped each other, and we were each other's safety net. I personally think that there was more of an opportunity for you to have a safety net in the communities of mom's era than perhaps they are of now. There's been movies in the past where they have the the Amish barn raisings and the whole community comes together. We see it in movies. It was actually very typical of the era, is is that communities came together to support each other in the event that there was something that happened to a family, a a passing of a parent. There was a a lot of fires, remember? Yes, the barns burned down. Do you remember Uncle Uncle David's uh, barn? Uncle David's barn burned down, and, and the community came together. And you know, it goes right down back to community, doesn't it? It does. It does. And because we see that, I see a lot of communities coming together to help people in in ways. In fact, I was looking up the CCC. I'm going on to Google search here because I wanted to be very specific about this. President Franklin D. Roosevelt established Civilian Conservation Corp, or CCC, with an executive order on April 5th, 1933. And by July 1st, 1933, only a few months later, 1,433 working camps had been established and more than 300,000 men put to work. It was the most rapid peacetime mobilization in American history. In your time, Mom, remember the CCC? Yes. You lived that. What was that like? President Roosevelt, we haven't had one like him since, in my view. He was very concerned about his people, and there were many things that he did. He planted what they called shelter belts, and men would get together, plant trees along the tree lines. There were little dams in the little valleys in between the hills to conserve water. He did things to try to make the conditions better for his people. And I remember him with a great amount of love and respect. A lot of people do. I believe that that whole community idea is really a very vital part of our lives. And Sarah, one of your gifts is community building. There is no question if anybody can bring together a community, it's Sarah. How do you do it? (laughs) 
I don't know that I'm any expert at it. <laughs> well, I, that's very it. kind of you to say that. But I think it really comes down to caring about people and being really passionate about what it is that you do. I love going back to Simon Sinek's TED yeah. Talks of yes. why. I like that. And, you know, third most watched TED Talks on whatever YouTube or whatever it is that you happen to be watching it on. He talks specifically about identifying your why. Why do you do what you do? What is it that's important to you? And it's always value-driven. Who you are as a person really needs to be presented and worked through in your day-to-day life. And for me, people are very, very important. Connecting with them, understanding where they're coming from, seeking to have authentic communication with them. We all have to own that each of us has our own perspective. And in our own reality, we see truth. The thing is, we also have to hold that intention with the fact that actually we do not understand truth because we'll always skew everything around us through our own eyes. If you can hold those intention, if you can understand that you have to live your life with integrity and speak your truth, but also be open to understanding that other people also have their truth and that it is in that conversation between you that true to truth can be found so in terms of building community i don't know that i'm actually well you phenomenal at it but but you do it and and, you know the whole idea is you challenged me last week to say we do have safety nets absolutely and and we see it online safety nets online Mm-hmm. We see it in just our next door neighbor. The safety net is there. How do you become a better safety net for someone else without hurting your own well-being? Because it's so easy to say, oh, I'll give and I'll give and I'll give. And you forget that you have to give to yourself first. first. You know, what is that thing on you have- <laughs> on, on airport uh, airplanes? Please put on the mask first. first. I think that it really comes down to making sure that you do have the reserves to be able to give to others. But you also have to hold the fact that you cannot enable behavior either. If it's fine to reach out and to be a safety net for somebody else, and that comes from knowing them, appreciating who they are as a person, what their goals are in life, the challenges that they face, and trying to walk them all in their shoes. But the other thing is, is that you cannot enable behavior. As a safety net, your mandate is to bring them up not to keep them where they are, not to say, well, there, that's very nice. So what an awful life you've had. (laughs) Yes, you're the victim. No, we have to combat that victim mentality because we all have a tendency to really go there. It's not my fault. I'm the victim. It's somebody else's fault. So in working as a safety net for someone else, it's understanding that you cannot enable negative behavior that doesn't see them grow. So your job is, as a safety net, to be there to see them grow into the potential of the person that they can be. Well, it's interesting because you work with young people. I do, yeah. And um, there's not another part of humanity right now that needs a safety net. And, and to just have the support uh, that they need. Uh, your father often said, we need to encourage young people because they are the caretakers of our future world. Well, I think it's interesting because I was just talking to somebody today and talking about the fact that we cannot either quantify or qualify the potential of a child. Yes. 
Um, all we can do is support them, give them the tools they need to be successful. It's not our job to live their life. It's not our job to tell them what they're going to be in the future. They just need hope. That's a really important thing. It, it is. I think it might be in a different way than we had. There's a, also a tyranny of hope. Somebody said to me, you can live on hope for breakfast and lunch, but by time supper comes <laughs> around, it gets, you get pretty hungry. <laughs> I remember I was working with somebody that was a mentor to me, and I would call him up and I said, here's my problem, am I overreacting? Mm. And he was my safety net. But what was interesting is that my mentor called me and told me his problem and his issue, and he said to me, am I overreacting? <laughs> I think that we are always in an ebb and flow. You're right, Sarah and Mom. You have to bring somebody to the place that they can go forward, not to keep them in a place that is not right for them. It's not the optimum. So safety nets, do we have them? Well, I'm sitting in the company of two safety nets that I <laughs> seriously rely on very heavily. <laughs> well, Mom, you've always been my safety net and our family's safety net. We appreciate what you do. And Sarah, you always challenge me. It's wonderful to have these conversations. Well, I have to be honest. I always appreciate having these conversations with you because they keep me on my toes. Tippy toes! Well, you're incredibly bright and very savvy, and <laughs> you always demand the best for me. And I think that goes back to the safety net. As a safety net for me, you demand that I live up to my potential. And everyone, I just want you to know as I sign off, Sarah has undertaken. An awesome task. Awesome. I like that word. <laughs> she is taking her MBA now on top of everything else she does. So congratulations. Oh, I'd love you. to talk about that in a future podcast. Thank Wouldn't you, you, Mom? Yes. Oh, and you're welcome. It's been just really encouraging to hear uh, someone talk about this. President Roosevelt was a good inspiration, and we keep on going ahead. And let's be a safety net to ourselves and to others. Thanks for listening in. Your thoughts and insights are very much appreciated. Come on in and see us at teatoasttrivia.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. Take care until next time. <laughs>